0: Hello and welcome to today's edition of Chapter by Chapter for Dune. I am your host, Will Cowan. With me is my good friend, co-host, (laughs) Wormrat. Hello.
1: Thank you for giving Wormrat the respect that Wormrat deserves.
0: You ask and I'll deliver.
1: I didn't ask for anything.
0: You wanted to be called Wormrat and now, look.
1: I didn't ask for anything. (laughs) That's my t-shirt I'm making. You can get one now on our website probably, I don't know. But today, everyone, beautiful Thursday, isn't it? Isn't it? Mm. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> and there's nothing better to compliment a Thursday than a good old Sandy Dune chapter. And we got chapter 19, or as I like to call it, uh, oh, I don't know, I don't want to name this chapter, I don't like this chapter. This is a rough chapter. <laughs> yeah, 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 this is this is a uh, this is a bad one.
0: This is a, this is a hard one. To, this is a hard one to talk about. Um, like, <clears throat> d- ah, man, I don't even know where to start. So yeah, I guess we don't even have a name for this one because it's just too dark. It's Dark Dune. We're calling it Dark Dune.
1: We can call it Dark Dune. Um, we like we. I don't know. We can call it something fun. You know?
0: But it's not... It is... Like it Toy is.
1: Story. We call it like Toy Story. <laughs> you know? That just makes it a little more palatable.
0: I guess so. I guess so. Uh, yes. So let's get into the chapter introduction there,
1: uh, Worm Rat. <clears throat> Thank you. There should be a science of discontent. People need hard times and oppression to develop... Psychic muscles. From collected sayings of Muad'Dib by the Prince of I don't know what came over me on that one.
0: I don't know. You just you you took you took the character the bull by the horns,
1: and you went for it, man. You went for it. More like worm by the horns, the worm <laughs> horns.
0: The worm horns. Ah, uh, yeah. So this chapter, man. Like, okay shit
1: i didn't yeah <laughs> they try to rape jessica
0: yeah <laughs> you know there it is there it is there it is let's get it out on at the front it is it is rough that is rough and when i read that part the the conversation between tweedledee and tweedledum what this conversation happens at the end of the chapter but it is just one of those things that like oh man it was gross it was gross it's to tough. read. It's tough, and you
1: don't really see it coming, because they haven't really set a precedent for that sort of... No. No, you don't. Uh, like, it's not... Dune hasn't really... It's just been a lot of conversation, so there hasn't really been a lot of uh, execution of especially, like, these darker sort of plot points. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're there now, so hey.
0: Yeah, and it's happening, like, fast. It is... It is up there in front, in center. So the chapter opens up with Jessica. She wakes up. She's lying on the fo- floor. She's bound. She's gagged. She and did. she's and she has no idea how she got, got there. She's like, she must have been drugged. Like, something has happened. She hears... She yeah, just opened she, her eyes, and now here she is. Exactly. So uh, when she comes to, she's, like, trying to get a sense of where she is. She starts using her Benny Gesserit powers to see if there's... Uh, to sense if there's any other bodies around or any other people around. And she senses four figures coming uh, through the door that's right a- right across from her. And sure enough, the door opens, she pretends she's asleep, and then we hear the- a booming, low, sophisticated voice saying, you're not asleep. The voice
1: you know asleep. of a 1,500-pound man.
0: Yeah. And it's Baron Harkonnen, his first appearance since chapter two and he sounds like think... charlie
1: tuna from jurassic five that's a little it's <laughs> a little treat for anyone who gets it.
0: um so the baron so I, I wonder how the baron's feeling about this he's probably feeling pretty <clears throat> fucking great because everything is going according oh, yeah. to plan like and and just so swimmingly so and it's happening so quickly like I think we talked about it a couple chapters ago that there's so many smoke screens going up that the Atreides are picking up on the plot that's about to happen to them. But Sand I don't screens. Think they, they're not prepared for how fast it was all going to go down. And it is fast. Like, yeah, immediately. last Yeah, last were... chapter, Yui and Leto. This chapter, you know, uh, Jessica's captured and, like, Baron's talking to her and basically about to hand jessica to piter except there's there's a little bit of a dis, uh, stipulation there sorry you were going to say something
1: a couple chapters ago everyone was just having you know nice peaceful dinner shadow mapes was alive you yep. know, a few pages later leto's blow darted and jessica's bound and paul's all paul's bound it paul's is bound for greatness um, yeah <laughs> But also terrible things are happening, so woof.
0: So yeah, the Baron is probably just super stoked
1: on this whole thing. And it's just it is coming to hey, He's just logging around going, We're in the money, we're in the money. <laughs> he's got his big yellow cape on. Mm-hmm. He's got burgers in each hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sandburgers. hmm Sand burgers.
0: Some sandburgers. Some spicy burgers. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so he comes in with uh, uh, bar- the Baron comes in with Pyter and a couple of guards. Uh, I think they they're supposed to wait outside or like there's there's a couple guards. I know that Jessica feels four people around, so I don't know if they're in the exact in the room at the time of this conversation. But the Baron is more or less not speaking to Jessica uh, as he is more telling her what's going to happen. And the deal is is that like, look Jessica, I have promised you to Pyter. And then he starts talking to Pyter. And this whole next thing is like it's a it just shows the relationship between Pyter and Baron Harkonnen where Baron is like, look, I get it. You want Jessica, but I know what you really want. You want you want sweet power. You want that sweet sweet power, man. You That's don't right. want you want the you know, juice. You don't want Jessica because of who she is you want jessica because what she represents and what she represents is power and and prestige and uh yeah just power and prestige and and piter's like kind of taken aback by this but he's like you know what you're kind of right i do want power <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like oh oh yeah i never thought of it but like i've uh, thought of it like that before so uh yeah cool okay where do we go from here
0: Yeah. And he's just like, he's on board. He's ready to go. And that's like, just speaks more to the fact that Baron Harkonnen is a genius. And everything that he's doing is so subtly calculated. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like he, he must've known like back in chapter two that he was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to give Jessica to you. And that's what he's saying to Piter. But in the back of his head, he's like, no, I'm going to have him run Arrakis for me under the Atreides banner. And that's like the that's the real greasy part of this is that Piter would it Piter is going to be running the government as like a duchy of the Atreides. So like the Atreides quote unquote would be like <clears throat> running the planet still, but it's not the Atreides. the Atreides are all dead. It's just the
1: title that matters. it would be the ghosts of the Atreides.
0: It's it is all kinds of greasy. And then Baron's like, "All right, well,
1: Baron's playing 5D chess.
0: He's he's on another level. The guy is way above and beyond everybody else's thinking, uh, and he's not even like a mentat or, uh, Benny Jesuit training. Like he is just he is just a guy, you know, just a really smart guy.
1: He is just a guy. He's really good at Jeopardy, though.
0: So Baron at this point is like, so I'm gonna give Jessica to these guards, and they're gonna dispose of her. But I'm not going to be in the room for this. And the part of the reason is, is that plausible di- deniability if he's going to go up against a truth And Jessica that, picks exactly. up on that. yeah, And yeah. Jessica picks up on that, and she's like, plausible di- deniability, if you're going to go up against a truth then that's probably Gaius Helamaheim. And if you're going to be go- being questioned by Gaius Helamaheim, then that probably means that the Emperor is in on this as well. So... Jessica finally puts all the pieces together. Even she figures she's out she's playing mind Yui.
1: Tetris, and she's fitting yeah. pieces in where pieces shouldn't even be fitting, but she, they are she, coming together.
0: She even like call like figures it out that Yui was the one that drugged her because he was she. Uh, when Baron co- comes in and he's like, "Hey, I know you're awake. We've timed your drug. We we timed your awakening."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, she realizes
1: that they would need her all her vitals.
0: Yeah, like her metabolism, her weight, all these different things. And the only person in the Atreides household that could have this information is Doctor Yui. And so I she puts you, it all
1: together. I bet you Gurney has the information too, just for like songwriting purposes. <laughs> I don't know. He probably doesn't let people know, but he probably has. He probably has it in his back pocket.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's just like, you, you guys don't know what you can make a song out of. Just you. Yeah. Wait.
1: Sometimes you just need, you know. You just got to throw throw in some personal details about somebody's blood work or something. I don't know. We can really yeah. make the hook.
0: She was hundred and twenty po- twenty-five
1: pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her metabolism
0: um, was good.
1: <laughs> not, not, uh, so not only does she realize that, that Yui is public enemy number one, I guess I'm calling him, uh, but she also realizes that the other people in the room I think the guards that he's left mm. are fucked. That they are for sure going to die. They don't realize it, but she puts yeah. the pieces together because Baron's not going to want any witnesses. Yeah. And uh, so for sure, it's, they're they're done for.
0: It's all about just getting past the... Um, it's the all about detectors. getting past Yeah, the lie detectors, the true sayers And guards <clears throat> like that, they're not going to get past it And the cool thing about the guards So, like, Baron leaves the room And Piter, like, stays there for a little bit And considers his options He's like, I could I could take Jessica But then I'd be on the run from the Imperium For the rest of my life Or I can take this new position uh, That's being offered to me by my boss And he ta- he chooses the uh, the professional move He's like, you know what? I'm going to make that decision, and I'm going to become the duchy of a trade. on Arrakis. I'll take the
1: promotion. I'll
0: take the promotion, and he also leaves for that possible, plausible de- deniability, because he he can't see that happen. So he leaves Jessica with the two guards. And the cool thing about one of the guards, uh, the guards have a- actually have sweet names. One of them is named
1: Scarface. Yeah, the other <laughs> one's named like Zygot.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's Cigar or Siga uh, or something like that. Yeah. They're Zygo. Cool names. Zygo. Yeah, that makes, yeah, that's those are cool names. But Scarface is deaf. So here's here's something that I realized about the chapter with Howitt and uh, Jessica talking. Remember when we were talking about how Jessica made Howitt like, sit his ass down? And I couldn't figure out why? Yeah. It's because I totally forgot of this power it's called the voice and they refer to the voice a lot in this chapter and the voice Mm. is just like a certain tone that they reach in their uh when they're speaking that compels people to do uh, more or less convinces people to do what they want them to do luckily like preacher scarface exactly luckily scarface is deaf he can read lips and he can talk but he's deaf he won't be able to hear it so even if somehow jessica is able to like remove her gag and start talking to zyga or uh, zygo uh, Scarface. scarface oh, yeah. scarface is, <laughs> scarface is that won't affect him <clears throat> so she's constantly has to re she has to like readjust her game plan now because whatever she does to zygo it's not going to work on scarface and he will just like scarface will just kill her the first instance that he sees that she's trying to get away and it doesn't really matter how it happens because at the end of the day, they're just going to kill the guards. You know what I mean? And I think it's just up to yeah. the guards at the fact that they're going to go through this really convoluted way of like they're going to take put them on a ship and then fly them out to the shield wall and then leave them out to for, for as fucking worm meat, which I thought was like a very Austin Powers, you know, sort of situation. <laughs> you know, you know what? Yeah, it doesn't like there's one of them. Seem, yeah,
1: it doesn't like, seem like, believable uh, at all.
0: One of them is like, look, I got a gun in my room. If you give me five minutes, I can go get it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, the other guy's like, no, no, no. I'm going to – I'm just going to – and that's the thing about the Baron too is that he is doing this classic supervillain thing. He's just like, what? I'm just going to assume that – I'm just going to close the door and like let them do their thing and I'm going to assume everything with the plan. What's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're dead. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> Obviously. dead. I don't need to uh, confirm. Those Obviously, two dumdums I, that I left down there. I think it, who was the guy's name? Scarface. The death guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... another guy. Zygote. Yeah, yeah. those guys are top notch. They'll take care of it.
0: Yeah, they, they got this. And these guys are idiots. <laughs> these guys are dummies. Like they're Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Even the way that uh, Frank Herbert kind of writes their dialogue together, they, there's, they're just idiots, you know. And I kind of mm-hmm. like that. I kind of like that you get that you get to see the kind of the every man every once in a while because we're dealing with such like the the uh, the aristocracy, you know, the the upper echelon of society that everything is so formal and there's bows and everybody has certain titles that you must refer to that seeing two idiots just kind of go like, what are we going to do? Well, I think we should do this because this is this is this. And they just kind of like fumble around and while trying to do their job. I think it's kind of refreshing. Because you don't see that very often.
1: I think they're fucking pieces of shit.
0: They're garbage people. Let's get let's put that out there. They are garbage people. So they're like, okay, well, let's put them on the ornithopter, and they pull up this uh this thing called a litter, and I think it's just kind of like a dolly or like a like a uh, like a giant like waste basket or something like that. Mm. Uh, it really makes you Jessica. think of cat
1: shit, though. Really, it really makes you think.
0: <laughs> really does make Hold you on. think about cat shit. Uh, they throw. Jessica in there, and Jessica realizes that Paul is in there as well. So they've got Paul, but luckily he's still alive. He's knocked out as well, drugged from probably the same drug that uh, uh, that Jessica got. <clears throat>
1: he's not gagged, brought... though, right? No, he's he not is. gagged. I yeah. think
0: th- – I don't know if that was like the Baron's choice or Piter's choice or – Whoever's choice Tweetled it team. is,
1: it's probably just centered around the fact that they know that Jessica, if she can speak, can do some mind fuckery –
0: yeah, and that that's their focus, but Tweedledee and Tweedledum, they don't know that Paul has a little bit of that training in him. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if that's something that they they were told to leave the gag off or they just forgot because they're just idiots. You know what I mean? So Yeah.
1: Cause then as Paul starts um, communicating with these with these idiots, Jessica's taking note of the volume and tone of Paul's voice of the things he's saying.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And this is on the ornithopter where they're, they're brought onto the ship and they're being flown out to wherever they're going. And exactly like Paul wakes up, Paul puts together the pieces of like, Oh, I took a sleeping agent to help me sleep. Uh, Do- Dr. Yui gave me that sleeping doctor. I <laughs> <Yeah>, just <Yui." laughs> took my sleep needle,
1: my regular sleep needle.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah. And he starts chirping them. Because he knows they're idiots. And Paul is, like, way smarter than these guys. So he starts, like, he's trying to use the voice, and Jessica takes notice of this, but it's not really working, you know? However,
1: it's not quite perfected. But Jessica is critiquing it.
0: Yeah, she is critiquing it. Jessica is actually a really interesting character in this chapter because the way that she takes in everything around her, because even in this flight, she's able to tell that another Ornithopter is following them,
1: you know? Mm -hmm.
0: So... Yeah,
1: she's super aware.
0: She's super aware of everything going on. And Paul is chirping, and luckily Paul is able to make it work enough that he can convince Zygo into taking off the gag uh, off of Jessica just through just his like own trooping process and using the voice. And like, even though it's a, uh, a very elementary level of the voice that he's, that he's using, he still can do it.
1: It was enough. An and
0: so Zygo takes the gag off of Jessica and Jessica is like unleashed, like voice wise. And she starts oh, yeah. like throwing she up smoke bombs it. Yeah, so it starts like, and it's kind of like, it's super interesting how she does this, and I don't know if it's like a Frank Herbert thing, but it's very flirtatious. Like it's she's using her womanly Benny Jesuit wiles to kind of. Well, I think she's playing with. Like...
1: I think she's playing with the card she was dealt, because they were yeah. just like these guys were just discussing, you know, how they're gonna fucking sexually assault her. Um mm. so when she comes she, to she 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 knows she can sort of play that angle because it's yeah, clearly totally. something that they want, I guess.
0: Yeah. And she does it in a way that uh starts turning Zygo and Scarface against each other, you know? Like Well I thought it was even interesting though- because
1: she the first one of the first things she says is like, fellas, you don't have to fight over me. Like, you, sh- you shouldn't be fighting over me like this. Yeah. When truth be told, they weren't really fight. They weren't fighting over her. But now that she's said it and instilled that... Using they are voice. fighting over her. They realize... Yeah, that... that Well, that sentence made it real. And now... And now they are fighting over her. And now yeah. she's... Yeah, she's going more and more so, like you said, with the flirtatious angle. Which is just encouraging... um more dissent between the two of them yeah 5d chess
0: 5d chess she's she's brilliant she's she's kicking ass in this and finally she's able to kind of raise that tension to a point where saigo fucking kills scarface he just strays up stabs him in the chest
1: <laughs> D'ah! <laughs> D'ah! she's mine like, okay now
0: uh, and he's like, "Okay, now I can take care of your dumbass son." And this is like they've already landed. They're at, so, the, hold on. They're at the shield. Zygote stabbed
1: place. Scarface,
0: right? Mm-hmm. That's why. That's what I think. Yeah. So
1: Scarface is deaf. Did he hear any of this?
0: No, he didn't hear any of it because I think he was too busy driving. Got it. Or maybe, may, like I, I think this. All, no, this all happened when they landed because if they. Because if they were doing this uh, while they were in the air, and Zygo kills Scarface while they're in the air, then who the fuck is driving the ornithopter?
1: Yeah, it's got to be when they landed. So
0: the it point. could be that like Scarface and Zygo are like in the in the in the uh, cargo area where uh, Jessica and Paul are, and just uh, Scarface is just reading lips, you know, and yeah, that doesn't it. affect. Yeah, he that doesn't affect him, so the voice doesn't affect him, but Zygo is just getting more and more worked up. And, and, and Yeah, you don't need it
1: that, to affect him when you can just make Zygo stab him in the, in the throat, take yeah, him out. Yeah, and that's,
0: and that's what happens, and he's like, okay, now to deal with your son and move on with this whole next process. And he picks up Paul, and he's about to take him outside the ornithopter, and Paul just does some fucking karate. He, like, I, f- I feel like he did, like, he put, he kicked him in, the reason why I say karate <laughs> is because it's this, it's like this classic karate move where he just finds like a, like a pinpoint in the dude's body where he kicks and the dude's dead,
1: you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a, like a, like a, like the, like the thing in Kill Bill. It's a five point pressure point heart. Exactly. But open it's one palm technique. It's with it's like, ah! Except with a foot. <laughs> and way sandier
0: <laughs> way sandier and jessica even like gets mad at paul because she's like look if like i could have handled it
1: paul just gets <laughs> up and it's like "Yeah," <laughs> and just like blasts the dude in the chest and kills him and she's like what the fuck man <laughs> i was doing my fucking my i was ben working and here shit I was doing my thing, Paul, man. I was in you control. You fatality him.
0: <laughs> I was just going to have you him walk back out in into that the man's desert chest.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to cool. have
0: him like get us some food and like put him to work and you just fucking
1: t- kicked him. Paul's was like <laughs> I'm sorry. Right I was uh, I don't know, what came over me. I don't know. I, I was just, worked up. I was worked up. I was right up. up. <laughs> Got up and I was like, "Okay. Kia?" <laughs>
0: She's like, ah, okay, well, fuck. All right, Paul unbinds her. They get their they get their shit together. Jessica looks up to the ceiling and she finds that Yui's symbol is up in the ceiling. So uh, that is like kind of a single signal to her. I don't know if it's mentioned in the book, but like, I think that's a signal to her that goes like, okay, I think this is Yui's planning. And we even hear uh, earlier in this chapter that like, uh yui told these guards to use this ornithopter this specific ornithopter mm-hmm. it's the one that was mm-hmm. set up mm-hmm. for this p- particular mission um on top of that jessica notices that there's a bundle underneath the driver's seat of the ornithopter and she tells paul to grab it and the chapter wraps up with them kind of regrouping taking out the damage on the ornithopter but they see another thopter the one that was following them Coming straight their way, and they think it's the Harkonnens come coming back at them for round two.
1: Probably is. Probably is. Probably is. It's interesting too with Yui because the whole book so far, Yui has been positioned as this, um, you know, betrayer. He's even we find out immediately that he's going to betray everyone, and we get his as we've said his inner dialogues of how he. He feels bad about it, but he has to do it. Blah blah blah. And it's interesting because we've never, even in his inner dialogue, really heard the full extent of his plan. At least, at least to this extent of like actually helping the, because it seems now he is trying to help them. It seems now he is he has to do it. He's fucking over, just, but he is also planting re- little little things in there to help them out.
0: I think he's being honest to Duke Leto in the last chapter. He's like, I don't I don't have any intention of killing you guys. It's the fact that I'm trying to save my wife and I'm using you as a tool. I don't mean to kill Paul and Jessica. I'm going to help them get away. And I, I think he's be staying true to his word. Because the Atreides, at the end of the day, even though he's betraying them, the Atreides were good to him. They were very good to him.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So there's this level of loyalty that Yui feels. Feels. And he's and he's living up to it, but at the same time, like,
1: not really. Yeah, so like I, I, still I, pretty unforgivable.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine Jessica letting him live if they ever meet face to face ever ever again. You know, yeah, Jessica would probably like tell Paul to kick a hole in his chest or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> kick his head off. Fatality. And that's where the yeah. chapter wraps up. Another ornithopter coming their way, and they gotta fucking figure out where to go, cause they're out in the open desert now. There's no way to get back to Erkeen fast enough. They're they're in the elements, and this is now that we've passed this point of like we know this. We've known that this is gonna this was gonna happen for so long. What where what do you think is gonna happen next, Steve?
1: Now that we're at this point
0: of complete, like, I don't, like, uh, the, the veil has been drawn back down. And we don't see the future anymore.
1: Well, let's see here. Baron's going to come back. Probably to mm-hmm. the ship in some capacity. And there's going to, shit's going to go down. They're going to kill Piter. And... Then uh, maybe maybe kick a hole through his head. (laughs) Leto and Yui. Leto's I don't fucking I don't know what's gonna happen. Leto's gonna spray poison gas, and it was probably go horribly wrong, and just do it in his own mouth and die. And the Baron's gonna go and laugh, like Jabba the Hut. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't really don't know where we're going. It's still it's still a big turning point here. But I guess a big I mean turning point with Paul and Jessica back in action. I think that it's just I think that Baron's plan is probably thwarted here.
0: Yeah, but I because he Because look, he didn't watch Austin Powers. He didn't understand <laughs> what he was doing.
1: Yeah, well, he didn't watch uh, the third one, and I, I guess that's the important one.
0: I don't know. Yeah, they're all—they're all important, Steve. They're the all Dune universe—they're <laughs> all important. There's—there's there's a whole chapter in the OC Bible that's all just Austin Power quotes. <laughs> 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 Christmas cards are Christmas cards in the Dune universe. You open it up, and it's that do doo 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 do 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 do
1: do groovy baby from <laughs> Austin powers commentaries <laughs> by the princess, by the Irulan. princess
0: Irulan. <laughs> i love it yeah and that wraps it up for today
1: that's it that's today's episode i hope it filled sure you it up is. with the sand that you needed today like what the Yeah, fuck? sorry for getting what so am I even saying? so dark. Filled you up with the sand that you needed today. It was a dark episode. Hey. Dark times come, dark times go. The chapter by chapter podcast is forever and daily. Help us. <laughs> Which means that we will be back tomorrow. But before we go, uh, let's just uh, put it out there that you should come on down to our Twitter at Chap by Chap and our Instagram at Chapter by Chapter Podcast. And let's leave it there for today. And we'll be back tomorrow for Chapter 20 of Do.